0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 284. I am Tim Robertson.
1: I'm David Cohen.
0: Hello, David. How are you this week? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah.
1: It's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. The kid's terribly excited. Um, yep. It's, I was out this morning, the, the final frenzy before Christmas. <laughs> I said to my wife, I don't understand why everyone gets so out, bent out of shape about Christmas. I know it's like in the US, but here, um, the shops close for Christmas Day. They're all open the day after Unboxing Day. Um, and, and yet people buy food. I, I know they often have people coming over things, but you're but basically, even if you have family over, you've got to feed them for a day. In, in the Western world, people are unlikely to starve, and yet people buy food like there's a hurricane coming.
0: Uh, yes, because I, I kind of get that. Now I was an only child growing up. It was just me and my parents, but we would always go over to my grandmother's. And when you went over to my grandmother's, you know, she had eight kids. And now when I was a kid, of course, those eight kids had kids of their own. My cousins. Now they weren't all there at the same time. Very rare when the whole family got together. But if the average was having, you know, one kid, in addition to your spouse that's you know you're starting to talk about 25 30 people so it get you know christmas gatherings can get pretty big and it it does take a lot of food to feed that many people
1: yeah well uh, well for a start i think in america you do bigger gatherings than we do
0: yeah, because probably. people
1: travel yeah but the other thing as well is that actually if you think about it it's still the same number of people Eating, I mean, there are no more people. It's the same. Yes, but you, you you make you make. the other day, they're just concentrated in 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 houses. But the thing is, if all the people coming to you are eating with you, then they should not need to buy food. Right, but you make it's ex- much
0: more extravagant. Everybody's out buying yeah. a lot more food. Now, it, yeah, it, that makes total sense because when you have a gathering, you can't have what a normal family would eat. So you've got more of not just everything that you maybe would eat that night, but you've got variety. So you have two or three different types of potatoes, which you wouldn't if you were, it was just your family. And that's just one part of it. You know, you have different meats and vegetables and pies and most people don't have pies on a normal day. You know, or and they're going to have three or four different pies because oh, this guy doesn't like pumpkin and and she doesn't like uh, a cheesecake, and this guy over here he can't stand chocolate, and you know, well, you, you no. get a variety. It's it's a in feast. In my
1: house, in my house, if you turn up picky, you go home hungry. Well,
0: but see, that's <laughs> not not on a celebration day. No, you you gotta
1: you gotta accommodate yeah. the people that are coming. I- I guess what I'm coming to is is there's there's a level of kind of panic in people's eyes that I think is not warranted, bearing in mind that you've got to survive without availability shops of 24 hours.
0: Well, here in the US, it's not panic, it's anxiety, and there's a difference. There's just too much stuff to do. You've been working all week. Your spouse has been working all week. You guys forgot, oh, oh, so-and-so are coming over too, and... We're just not gonna have enough food. Let's you go get the food, and I'll go do this. And it just—it's not panicking; it's anxiety. There's just too much to do, not enough time.
1: The thing, the thing that kind of bothers me—I was in the supermarket Friday afternoon, um, and uh, I had a couple of very minor pieces to pick up just for that evening. It wasn't for Christmas at all, but I—I I did note that most of the stuff people were buying was stuff that's. A is not perishable and B has been on sale in the supermarkets here for at least 6 weeks. Yeah. And it was like we were buying it the night before and it was just like I don't get it. I just don't get it.
0: Well, maybe you don't have room to store all that food that you're going to buy extra for Christmas. See, I'm being an apologist because I totally get it. I understand that, yeah. you know, you just you run out of time and did did you get stuff? No, I thought you were. Oh, okay. I, I'll go get it's it cute. then.
1: Maybe I'm well. I know I am a cranky old guy, but um, to me, I feel like a lot of people buy a lot of stuff they either don't want or don't need, or they just think they should have, and then a lot of it probably gets thrown out in the new year.
0: Yeah, maybe. What's the problem with that?
1: <laughs> it's not very eco-friendly, is it?
0: Well, I, I don't think efficient. I don't think any holiday is eco-friendly. I mean. It's it's a day to celebrate and relax and, and try to forget about your problem and the world problems and, you know, celebrate the good things in life. Not, not worry so much about, oh, my God, we, we bought too much of this and we're not going to eat it all. Well,
1: yeah, but if it's bracketed on either side by anxiety, anxiety about how much you bought for food and gifts and everything, and then the other side, anxiety about getting a good deal in all the sales, then it kind of makes the bit in the middle a bit hollow, doesn't it?
0: mm I don't know it kind of depends on how you you handle it. I mean, it doesn't to me. I can have all the anxiety in the world leading up to it and just completely let all that go and enjoy the day and watch the kids play with toys and you know laugh and joke and watch some fun stuff on the television if necessary. football game if that's on, like on Thanksgiving and no it I would disagree with you there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you have football on Christmas Day?
0: If it's on a Sunday, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. My team doesn't play until Monday night, unfortunately, which means I'm going to get tired halfway through the third quarter and end up going to bed. And find yeah. out the next day how bad they lost. But, you know, it is what it is.
1: See, here, the soccer happens the day after Christmas Day on Boxing Day. Yeah. is a big, big soccer day.
0: Well, it's it's not every year that Christmas is on a Sunday here, so. Yeah. Right, okay. But yeah, we are getting some weird noises behind you. I think it might be that refrigerator or. Uh, it's a noise strange... refrigerator. Yeah, is that what so it is? So let's take
1: a break and I will move myself around so my microphone is not pointing at it. Yeah.
0: David's adjusted himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh <clears throat> Could be a different meaning for that, but we meant you physically move. Well, no, that doesn't work either. That uh, could no. be.
1: I moved I move around the table.
0: Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. last week, uh, a lot of the show was dedicated to uh, my deciding which iMac I was going to go with. And yeah. as a very brief refresher, I didn't want to get the 27-inch uh, for space and because I've already got a 27-inch and it just seems superfluous when I don't use the second screen most of the time. And I didn't want to get a laptop. I wanted a desktop, and Apple's offerings at every price point was a compromise. Mm-hmm. So I went with a machine, a used machine iMac from Otherworld uh, Computing, uh, MaxSales.com, <clears throat> our sponsor. Uh, I didn't go with them because they're my spo- our, our sponsor. I went with them because it was the best price for what I was getting. It really is as simple as that. And there's not a lot of reputable places that sell used Macs. Yeah. Um, and, and I wasn't going to buy something on eBay. I wasn't going to take that, that I've said before, I won't spend big money on eBay. I'll buy things on eBay, but not expensive, <laughs> yeah. expensive things.
1: And, and you recall that in the year I got burned on that where, um, yeah. basically somebody fooled me around bad.
0: Yeah, it happens. Yeah. And so I I, my iMac arrived this week, David. Do you like it? I do. Um, I finally got it completely in operation yesterday, last night. Uh, You know, I had to work. So I did some of it uh, Thursday night. It arrived Thursday instead. No, wait. It arrived. What's today? Today's Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. It arrived Wednesday night. I turned it on and start playing with it a little bit. There was a problem, though. And the problem is, and it clearly says on MaxSales.com's website that it has a Fusion drive. In this case, a 2 terabyte hard drive combined with a 256 Aura SSD.
1: And and that was kind of one of the key selling points for you getting it.
0: It actually was. And for those who are wondering what that means, so with... Apple's technology, when they created this Fusion Drive, it shows up as one logical drive on your hard drive. And it's intelligent enough that it puts the operating system and key things on the SSD itself. And then, as well, anything that you use often. And it, and it, it watches your behavior. So, over time, the most common things you do will actually get faster faster. And that's a handy thing to have, but yet you still have two terabytes of storage. So when I set this up, I started playing with it. I noticed something that bummed me out. I had a 256 SSD and a two terabyte storage device on the desktop. So in essence, they have the two drives, but it's not a fusion drive.
1: Now, when you looked at it, did you assume because it had both those in that it was a fusion drive, or was it explicitly called that as a fusion drive?
0: It was called out as a fusion drive.
1: Right. So, is it possible that that's just a configuration change that you turn to, to turn something on to make it fusion? No,
0: no. You, no. it's. I wish it was that easy. And I think they were supposed to set it up as a fusion drive. Yeah. But they were a day late sending it out to me. It was in testing, <clears throat> which isn't a big deal. And they let me know what was going on. Um, And I think that somebody skipped a part that they weren't supposed to skip and and sent this out without actually setting up the fusion drive. Now, if it was a simple matter of going into disk utilities, selecting these two drives and magically push a button that says, make this a fusion drive, that would be fine. Except that's not how it works. You literally have to go into the terminal to do this, but you can't do it if you're running on those drives. If you have an operating system that you have booted up with on one of those drives, you, you can't do it. So with core storage, they have to be, um, unmountable on the desktop and you can't have an operating system on it or anything else because in essence, it's going to completely nuke any data that's on these drives when you put them together and yeah. create the logical uh, core storage volume that combines the SSD and the hard drive.
1: Yeah, because you're doing some pretty low-level stuff there. So exactly. You, know, you wouldn't be able to do that while you were actually running off that same system and won't have data on there either.
0: Exactly. And it, yeah. it's the string and, and the work that you have to do to kind of fuse these drives together is not minor, Now, does it take long? No, but you have to have a whole lot of information ahead of time before you even get into it. Now, thankfully, you could just copy and paste. So, like, you need drive names. uh, You need to uh, know the mount points. uh, You need to know the UUIDs. uh, you got to know ahead of time how you're going to format the drives because you're doing it all in a text-based editor, the Terminal. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, you're going to want to make it a journal, uh, HFS plus drive. Um, when you first set it up in the, in the terminal, you always have to select the SSD portion first and then the other, the regular hard drive. Long story short, I set it up originally the way it came and realized quickly, this just isn't going to work because that's just like having a 256 SSD with a two terabyte drive, which does me no good. I might as well just plug an external two terabyte drive in at that point. Yeah. So I went through the terminal, uh, and I created the fusion drive. So all was good. I, I rebooted, uh, and I installed a fresh copy of Sierra on there and it was extremely fast. Now at this point, I still had my other laptop running and checking email and doing all my regular work while I'm still setting this thing up. So I started to do the migration from my last time machine backup over to this machine. And for whatever reason, once again, some of Apple's technologies strike out my time machine, which I had told to back up everything on the internal drive, actually didn't back everything up. Most of the apps were not there. Um... And not even all my preferences and everything, so I lost all my playlists um every all of it it was all gone. Uh, none of my music was in iTunes wow. so I have to reset that up and that is the biggest pain in the you know what having yeah. to set up iTunes from a coming from a giant library to completely mm. set it up, all the song ratings gone, all my playlists gone. All my play counts in movies and TV shows, gone. Now, music is the biggest problem because quite honestly, when it comes to the videos, I've been using Plex anyways. And Plex just looks at the, light, the, the hard drive server that I'm using to hold my media. And Plex itself in the cloud keeps track of what I've played and when stuff was added and all that. So I was fine yeah. on TV. I was fine on movies, not so much
1: music. It's a shame Apple can't do all
0: that, isn't it? <laughs> I tell you, it, it's I'm dumbfounded. Why? Yeah. Why are? Why is it keeping this local instead of automatically?
1: If in, in iCloud.
0: Yeah, I I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it at all. It, it's it's really really stupid. Uh, the only saving grace I have is my fifth generation iPod that mm-hmm. has. All my playlists, all my music, everything is still there. And look, I didn't lose any media. I've got all my music. I've got all my movies. I didn't lose any files. It's the metadata. Uh, So I've got every playlist still created on that iPod. Now, if I plug it in, it's going to nuke my iPod and erase it. It, It's going to sync to what's on my computer. So
1: So I have to have... Huh? Yeah, you can... I mean, it... It it won't do that straight away. No, it um, gives you the choice. Remember, you've got a new iTunes library, so the first thing it'll do is, do you want to use this iPod with this new library? Right. So um, it won't it won't just wipe it out straight away, but you'll need to decide what to do. And and iTunes can't pull that metadata out of the. That's iPod exactly
0: you- what I was getting at. So what I have to do is, I physically have to have this iPod in one hand, looking at my playlists and recreating them on the computer. You know how much yeah, time think- that's going to take.
1: I think, I mean, there are third-party utilities that um, will pull that data out of the iPod for you. I'm going to have to look Um, at it. allow you to integrate it to iTunes. I've done that sort of stuff before. Because every now and again you get a situation where, um, certainly you did before kind of Apple Music came along and, and iTunes Match and all of that, you could get a situation where you inadvertently deleted an album out of your iTunes library. You were trying to tidy something up and you got rid of something you didn't want to. And then the only copy you had was on your iPod. Um, and at those times, that was always when I went reaching for a third-party user to pull that data back off my iPod so that I could put it back in my iTunes library. So I just did
0: a search for uh, transfer iPod playlist to iTunes. Connect iPod, iPhone to computer and launch iTunes. Under devices, menu. Uh, oh, I clicked the wrong button. Under Connect the iPod, blah, blah, blah. See, but this is an older version, so I don't – this thing was written yeah. in 12.
1: I. I, I uh, there's there's one I've used before called iPod Explorer, that um, that is pretty good. Though I'm not sure you can get that on the Mac.
0: Okay, under the Devices menu, locate the playlist you want to copy to the computer, and right-click on the playlist and then select Export. Name the playlist XML as a file no, type gonna, format. Do that. No,
1: you want a utility that opens yeah. up the iPod. And I have—I'm I forgetting the name of them. I'm going to, to try and find them out. Yeah, I have seen these. It opens up the iPod. It, it kind of looks a little bit like iTunes, and it—but it shows you everything on the iPod, um, playlists, play counts, everything. like that. You just go, I want this, this, and this, and it syncs it back over to your uh, iTunes. Even um, lets you pull tracks off there and everything. So um, I will
0: have. There's to- one on uh, Apple Communities that cover backup, transfer purchases. I don't care about that. Media recovery, I don't care about that. Well, there, it looks like there's ways yeah, the, that I uh, could
1: probably do it. This the one I've used before. It's called iMazing. iMazing? Yeah. Is it free? This runs on. No.
0: i and then Mazing? Yeah, I found it. Amazing. Uh, 35 bucks. 35 bucks. My playlists aren't worth 35 bucks, David. <laughs> Uh, I wonder know. what the free download right. is.
1: Yeah, well, the free download basically will show you what's on your iPod. It won't let you recover anything.
0: <laughs> so you want to do yeah. this? Thirty-five
1: dollars. Uh, hang on a minute. This one. This one looks like it's free. Podtrans.
0: Podtrans. Yes. Yeah. P O D. One word. Podtrans freeware. The best free iPod transfer software your PC, Mac so what does it do it uh, built in iTunes cloud backup, copy music photo text between phones why you need an iPod transfer, although music streaming, blah 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 hmm, this might work I don't know two ways yeah, transfer it's,
1: it's unclear whether do exactly what you want it's free. You can try it and see.
0: No, it doesn't look like... it. This looks like it's doing just the transfer of content. Right. Yeah. it's it's. I don't think it's doing the... Uh, no, it's well, not doing maybe, the metadata. Maybe one
1: of our listeners is listening to this now and knows exactly what you need to get your playlists and your metadata off your iPod. So, please email Tim.
0: Yeah, because I, I like yeah. to... I'm going to try this other thing first. This first thing that I found. Uh, yeah. Exporting. Because if I could just import the, the playlist, that's I would be happy. As long as the playlist itself has all the songs. Otherwise, I guess it would have to. Otherwise, what's the point in having a playlist? Hmm.
1: There's one here called um, from uh, Macroplant called, they do iExplorer. They also do something called SharePod that just does the music playlist, and that's 20 bucks. SharePod? SharePod, yeah. Macroplant SharePod.
0: Share or copy iTunes playlists. Copy songs to a computer. Recover music from iPhone. I, I don't need that. See, this doesn't look like it does it. Oh, wait, transfer music and playlists from iPhone, iPod, or iTunes to Mac or PC. You think this, is, you think this will
1: work? I think this one might work. But hmm. try it out and see. Take the trial and see. Because the problem with all these utilities, there's always been a problem with this sort of utilities. They, they're the kind of thing you need once, and you kind of think, oh, that's a lot of money to pay for a one-off requirement. Maybe I can live without it.
0: Hmm. It looks like iExplorer does everything.
1: Yeah, but iExplorer is forty bucks. So.
0: Ah, uh, I see. So I just downloaded this. Um, so I'm going to launch it. What's it do? Yeah. Isn't?
1: <laughs> wait a minute. Uh-huh. Isn't it faintly ridiculous? In 2016, iTunes can't do any of this, or if it does, it does it in a kind of weird, pain in the neck kind of way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, kind st- of. So, it's stupid that it's not been iCloud.
0: So I'm gonna plug my iPod in, and then I'm gonna quit iTunes immediately because I don't want it to screw around with anything. Yeah, we're gonna do it live right here on the show. At least this <laughs> trial and and see what it does.
1: I'm so, gonna be so upset if it formats your iPod. Right,
0: I'd be really ticked. Of course, I'm gonna be right in the same spot. No yeah. iTunes, you are getting force quit. <laughs> not, <laughs> I'm not even taking a chance Okay, Suck Tim Robertson's iPod uh, And it's not showing anything Oh wait, there it goes It just popped up So I'm going to try uh, uh, Can I do everything? you got to do one at a time It looks like you have to do one at a time okay so that and export selected items how do you select all it doesn't look like you can select all all right go you must be able to uh or you can do it to the folder select export selected playlist to itunes that's what i want and go Building iTunes playlist. And now iTunes is launching. Checking iTunes library, of course. Because I had to force quit iTunes like three times. Because I kept trying to find my movies again. And then it would crap out on me. So, I don't know. I might have to rebuild my entire... um, Let's see if it did anything... I just unplugged my iPod because it looked like I, uh, iTunes immediately tried to start doing something. Um, hey, there's no items in the playlist. Yeah, well, you pulled your iPod out before it's finished. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm see. I'm worried that it's going to nuke my iPod.
1: Well, it shouldn't do that because, as I said, it's new iTunes library. You know, the way to do it is create a new iTunes library with nothing in it and and boot iTunes into that because then it can 't nuke your um, it can 't nuke your iPod because it won 't recognize it as associated so even if it connects to it, it it will pop up and say do you want to use this and you can say no
0: but here's the problem it didn 't ask me when I connected a second ago but
1: yeah, but that but that 's why you need probably need to create a new iTunes library just to be sure and then you can pull the playlist over from the- So after uh, playing with that there,
0: it looks like that app just kind of destroyed Skype in the background. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, David drops off. But I could hear someone started yelling in the background. So I thought, okay, David dropped off because he was going to tell someone to be quiet. And then uh, I was exporting out of this app. And it it actually rebuilt one playlist that I told it Mm -hmm. to. But iTunes started acting buggy and I i don't know what, everything just kind of fell apart. So I'm recording in GarageBand using Core Audio, obviously. This app is pulling from a device into iTunes and I'm talking to you on Skype. So I think it was this, I don't know, something happened and...
1: Yeah, because yeah, I, I was know, getting the repeated thing, thing as well, and I and even rebooted my machine, machine, machine and, and reconnected to you and still so got the, the continuation, continuation of the previous repeating conversation. conversation.
0: So I still have the playlist on my iPod, so no permanent damage there yet. But I actually pulled the one playlist that I knew for a fact that I wanted to keep. I've got a couple other ones. I'm going to see if I could pull those over. You know, the bigger problem, though, is when I when I'm looking at my music stuff in iTunes... I always sort it by when I imported the music. So anything i I bought on iTunes or got from other sources, those are always at the top of the list. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Everything's imported the same day. Which sucks, big is, time. Yeah, yeah this is, just, you know,
1: in some, some, some respects, given, given the availability of Apple Music and, music and, and iTunes, iTunes Match and, and all this sort of thing now, now iTunes, iTunes should be especially, especially protective of the metadata, metadata over the yeah. audio. and content.
0: it's the one thing it doesn't give a crap about: your yeah. metadata. It just it. iTunes and Apple has zero respect for that, and they've never had it. They've never well, ever done it. Yeah,
1: the, the problem is back, is back in the, in the older days, days, that was a much harder, harder thing do. to do, um, um, and. You know, you know it, 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 the, the, the application the was never built around that. Around that. It, was it was built around protecting, protecting the, content the content because it was DRM content. content. It was important that you P- kept P- a copy P- of it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, it's, it's completely flipped around, around now, now but of course, iTunes gets zero, zero love from Apple, yep. from Apple yep. virtually. Um, um, and like many things, Apple, Apple nowadays, you know, all I ever hear about uh, from Apple is how they're engineering constrained. And I just think, you're the biggest company in the world! How could that possibly be true? It's it's ridiculous. You know, it really is. There, 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 does, there does appear to be a structural problem with the way they operate now. And, and it's, they, uh, they have kind of hit a scale wall and, it, and it's, it's, it's just not, not happening really and they need to sort of it out. So
0: yeah. yeah. the bigger issue, of course, for me was Time Machine's complete failure. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've never trusted Time Machine and here's a prime example of why. And I've been very diligent in using Carbon Copy Cloner to back up my physical files. All my music music, pictures, uh, television shows, my data. Not so much the apps, because I I can always download the apps again. Although there was an issue there, and we'll get to that in a second. So I've got physical copies of all my data, right? Mm -hmm. And a couple of them redundant. I've got multiple. I, I... had been making a carbon copy clone of the hard drive itself and not all my data is actually was on that internal hard drive in fact most of it's not my media library is on a different one Uh, so is my photos and my music those three things are on different media for a good reason and this is the reason if the hard drive fails well you're just screwed yeah yeah and let's be honest, as much as my playlists mean a lot to me personally, it's not the biggest loss. If I lost all my music completely gone, that would be a problem. Now, I could get that yeah. back. It's on my iPod. Yeah. So I can get it back. I might lose a couple of weeks because I don't always sync this iPod. And I don't have my entire library on my iPhone. It's just I don't have no space on an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. But you would think... The first time you launch a, a new backup for Time Machine, yes, use this drive as a, as, a, as a backup and just back up the whole drive. You would think that that data would still be there, wouldn't you? I mean, every time you change something, it should be backing up. So that well, that, that's the, the whole point. point. They, the they the idea with Time, time
1: Machine take it takes everything to start it, with and then it, it to syncs to all the changes.
0: And if I'm constantly changing and putting in different music, uh, that's all just tiny bits of metadata and XML files and init files that Time Machine should be changing. That's what should be backing up more than anything. And that's the one thing it didn't back up at all. It also didn't back up any of my apps except the Apple apps. So when I did the restore, all the Apple apps were there except for iWorks and nothing else. My doc was still where it was supposed to be, but of course, I had nothing but question marks. So I had to
1: go and, and download um, I, I all that wonder, stuff. I wonder, I wonder whether, in fact, it didn't even back the Apple apps, apps, apps on. So I mean, you just, just got those as part of your software, software restore from the Apple download. Account. It's quite possible. I mean, so I mean, the whole point about I, 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 the whole point about time machines is meant to back up everything.
0: Yeah, and for me, it didn't. It doesn't seem to have done much of anything. A couple of preference files, I guess, because my dock looked the way it was supposed to. I've got these little fake things in my dock to put spaces between apps, so I can kind of separate. Like these are my music apps, and these are my video apps, and these are my, you know, graphic apps, that sort of thing. So there's a physical space between groups of icons in my dock.
1: And so I-, so I go ahead. Yeah, you, you, you can. Ass- I was, was going to say, say you're going to struggle with with those because um, those those apps are aren't
0: there. Uh, no, these weren't apps. It's a little uh, terminal trickery. Oh right, okay. but but they were no. But see, here's the thing, though, David. My dock looked fine. It had all the apps in my dock except for their question marks. So it did pull some metadata over from my last time machine backup, which was literally the day before my my computer died. But none of the associated files were there. None of them. So, for so, instance, for I'm pretty
1: sure it's not meant to do that. It, it but, but this easy, is an issue. If it, if it doesn't, if it, it stops working properly, it, properly right, and it it's backing up data, data that's immediately being corrupted and you've, and you've got, really got no way of knowing, knowing that, that then the thing's completely useless.
0: Exactly. I'm not going to trust it ever again. No, no. Carbon Copy Cloner, it is for me. I
1: mean, I mean can, in 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 the business, business in the business, business world where, where I right, work. I mean, we we. If you have a business continuity or disaster recovery plan, one of the things we say is you have to do physical restore tests on a regular basis to be sure that you can recover the data.
0: Yep. Um, Um, Well, that's what I like Carbon Copy Cloner because I literally put my backup in, and one of the first things I do as soon as it gets done running is double-click that hard drive and look. Oh, yep, it's there, and then I eject it. I physically look to make sure that that file is there. And occasionally I'll actually... Select one, just hit space key to see if the preview comes up right. So if it's music, the music will start playing, movies, a picture, whatever it is. I could physically see that, yes, that it's there. So I'm good. Now,
1: now, yeah, yeah Apple, Apple and people can say, well, I'm, you know, a a time machine is a consumer, consumer product, product for a consumer OS. OS. It's unreasonable it's to expect you to, to do test restores. But, but the thing, thing should out. have code Coding in there to verify, verify what it's doing and actually at least advise you that something doesn't look and right if it's not probably. backing stuff up properly.
0: Yep. Absolutely, and it's not doing that at all. At least in my case, it was a comp- it was a 95% failure. And the 5% I got at least allowed me to spend almost four hours downloading apps again. So at least I got all my stuff, and all my preferences were still there for those apps. Not so much metadata and iTunes, but it still knew my sign-in for Skype, for instance. It oh. still knew the last... Uh, Documents that I opened up in FileMaker Pro, so that that stuff is still there, but <laughs> that that's not a success, no, no. by any stretch of the imagination. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and uh, I'm going to tell you about the the hardest struggle of restoring my data. I'll be right back. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week
1: on the MyMac Podcasting Network.
0: Okay. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 284, I am Tim Robertson. He's David Combe. We love to get feedback from you guys. Have you had recovery issues like this? Hard drive die on you, a computer just go belly up and... You gotta rebuild this stuff? Let me know. I would love to hear about it. David and I would will uh recount your tales of horror right here on the tech Fan Podcast. podcast. I have to do is send us an email tech uh the show at techfanpodcast or go to our website techfanpodcast or mymac dot com leave a comment there and we will read them here on the show. We love feedback david we do love it so uh, before we move on, let me get back to my last tale of woe mm-hmm. of migrating to this new iMac, which by the way, the iMac is brilliant. It's very fast. Uh, it, it's in perfect condition. There's no cosmetic issues with this at all. And this is a previously, uh, used Mac. So it's, it, mm-hmm. this wasn't brand new out of the box. Um, and other than the fusion drive not being created, which was a little daunting and, and quite honestly, it, it. For almost anybody else, it probably would be a big issue. Yeah. Um, It wasn't a big issue for me to fix. So anyways, the last thing that I had to do was... And I'm still using a very old copy of Photoshop and Illustrator, CS5. All right.
1: Okay. And it well.
0: Yeah. And it still works fine in Sierra. Yeah. Because I had it on the machine that died.
1: Yeah. I I actually think probably CS5 is probably... In my mind, the pinnacle of Adobe's release. I agree. CS6 added a lot of rubbish that didn't work very well, uh, and they also really jacked up the DRM, so it became a pain to install CS6. Yep. Um, And then after that, they went to Creative Cloud, which means you need an account, subscription, and all of that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, CS5 is my favourite. So, the the big
0: issue with. CS5 is, I don't have the installed disks anymore. And even if I did, this iMac doesn't have a CD-DVD drive in it. Yep. I do have an external Samsung in a drawer. I could always pull that out. It's not a big deal. But I I don't have these installed disks at all. Now, this was an issue once before, but I found a download link at Adobe that allowed me to download it. Now, here's what Adobe is doing Mm -hmm. right. When you go to and you sign into the Adobe account stuff, and for me, I've got three different accounts. One of them is for when I do product reviews with them, which honestly I don't do anymore. But I signed into that account, and I went into my account and my purchase products, and there was all my CS5 stuff. I actually had two copies of it, which I didn't realize. Cool. And the serial number. Excellent. Then then I did a search for download CS5 Mac. There's an Adobe page where you can download it. It doesn't do any good if you don't have a serial number. So yeah, you know. and Adobe's actually pretty good about you know those cracker guys who fake a serial number and, and start using it. Adobe's pretty good at tracking those and, and turning them off so other people can't do it. Yeah, but I had my legitimate serial number. I downloaded the software. Everything should be good to go, right? Nope. It should be. Nope. Under Sierra, you launch the installation and it says something to the effect of uh you can't use this installer, you should eject this disk.
1: Ah, that's a security problem. Nope, it's not. It is. Mm. No, because if you go in I've had to, I've seen this under Sierra. So if you go into Security th- the security settings in Gatekeeper and allow it to install even
0: nope. unsigned
1: apps. Nope, didn't work. And under uh-huh.
0: Sierra, they actually turned that feature off. They I, hit it. I was
1: going to say, I, I've just yeah, I'm just thinking that was El Capitan. Sierra, they've taken that away, haven't they? But there's a uh,
0: there's a terminal hack that you can do to turn that back on. Right, which I did. So it should yep. have worked, right? Nope, didn't work. No. No matter what I did, it did not work. So I was thinking, okay, this is this is kind of an issue. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't it's, install it.
1: That's legitimate software that should work. Mm-hmm. And you've got a... Um, well, what happens is just... Apple,
0: Adobe revoked their certificate for that. Ah. So even if you tell Security Vault, even... You know, unsigned this, go ahead and install it anyways. It will not work. You cannot install it. If you double-click that installer, literally nothing happens except for that dialog box.
1: I'm sure I've seen somewhere online that there's a way around this. There is. Yeah.
0: You want to hear it? So I just uh, launched my uh, disk image copy. Okay. So I launch, uh, I you know, it shows a little Adobe Photoshop CS5. It's a disk image on your desktop. I open that, and I see the install.app. So if I double-click that, it says install.app cannot be open. You should eject the image. Yeah, which is false. but Right. Yeah. And so you have cancel or eject disk image. That's it. That's all you can do. Mm -hmm. So what do you do, David? Well, if you go into... um, Right-click that app, the install.app, and show package contents. Mm -hmm. You can drop down to contents, macOS, and there's one that says install. Except if you double-click that, you get the same message. Right. So here's a workaround. Yeah. Open up a terminal window and drag Mm -hmm. that app, the install app that you find in the contents, in the package, to the terminal window. It will launch and do it. Because you're completely, at that point, bypassing the GUI that's checking the certificate. Right. And it worked. So I got them both installed. But what a pain. Just, I had to go through all, you know how long it took me to figure out how to do that? Well, I, I just, the way I just described was, what, two minutes? Yeah. It took me two hours to figure out how to do that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just...
0: That's just crazy.
1: But you know what? They're protecting against bad software.
0: Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're protecting me. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, Adobe. Well, Adobe revoked the cert, though. I mean, because that comes down to Adobe. And then uh, from what I was reading, Adobe has been zero helpful with people with this problem. Why? Because they don't want you using the old software. They only want you to do their new subscription stuff. Yeah. So they're not endearing themselves to their core base of customers. Which isn't their core base anymore because they don't care about those people. Using old software with an old Mac or a PC, you're SOL. We don't care about you. We already collected the eight hundred or twelve hundred dollars for the Master Collection CS5 from you ten years ago. You're on your own. Give us more money or shut up and leave us alone. That's their attitude.
1: That's um... disappointing. Well, it's the way of the world unfortunately nowadays. So you yeah. know, every every big company is out to hustle you.
0: Yeah, and it's like who do you get mad at?
1: Yeah. I, you know, they would they would probably say if you were to have a dialogue with them they would say they wouldn't say, Oh well you're SOL, we want you to buy the latest version. They would say that C S five came out whenever and they pledge to support it as long as they can and actually they're doing you a favour by keeping all the uploads there and but you know, they're not responsible for maintaining it and changing it to um support Apple's latest software because that would be support and you know, things move on. Yeah.
0: Um, it's hard to get mad at them because they just don't care. It's like getting mad at a refrigerator that stops working. Yeah, there's just nothing yeah. you can do.
1: So I, let me let me relate a, a similar thing I had this week. I bought a, um, I need to use encrypted USB drives at uh, at work because I'm working for the government here, and so I can't have an unencrypted USB drive in the office. Everything has to be secured all at all times. But I need to be able to move files around. Um, and I need to be able to move them between different places, and so I need something with a properly accredited level of encryption. Now, you can get a USB key called Iron Key that I've used before and is very, very good for this. Iron Key has changed hands a couple of times over the last few years. So I bought one on eBay, a brand new one, never opened. Um, at one point, Iron Key was owned by Imation, these storage people, and then they sold it to Kingston. So I, uh, I checked before I bought this, this drive that it had the right level of encryption I needed. These drives are hardware encrypted. They, um, they're not just running, uh, you know, an app in memory. They actually have a little processor on them, and if you try and break them apart to get around that and everything, it destroys all the data. So these are properly accredited drives. Anyway, the um, Unlocker program, which runs on the drive, that actually allows you to access a separate encrypted partition, ran fine on a Windows PC, but it wouldn't run on Sierra. Um, it would run and it would work and then it would drop out with an error. Um, so I go to the Iron Keys website and they tell me to go to iMation's website and I go to iMation's website and they somebody goes to go to Kingston's website. And Kingston's website said, yes, we know this is a problem. Um, we don't know where, we, you know, it just basically said we are, we are aware this is a problem. So I emailed them and I told them and they said initially they said to me, yeah, it's not supported. And I said, well, I said, on the packaging here, it says it's supported from OS 10, 10.5 onwards. And then they said, oh, well, that drive was um, discontinued before we bought iMation, so we don't support it. <laughs> uh, right? So I looked at the package again, and it said uh, five-year unlimited warranty on the packaging so I, I emailed the back to them again I'm dealing with the same guy, each time he's knocking me back I'm dealing with the same guy um, and so I, I replied back and I said um, this package says you have a five year warranty on this product um, are you telling me it was discontinued five years before you bought um, iMation, otherwise you would have to pick it up as part of the transfer of of uh, assets, to which you replied back um, yes you're right, um, we will replace it with a modern product <laughs> And then, and then actually what they offered me was something that was way below what the iron key was. So I've gone back to them again and still will to hear from them now, but said, uh, no, that's, that, that thing you've offered me is a consumer drive. The encryption is not proper encryption. This is the product I need that's equivalent, you know. But, but it's just because, first of all, they're trying to fob you off. And it's only when you point out to them that they can't do that for various reasons and you, you give them the evidence that they kind of, oh, yeah, all right, maybe we should help you out.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to hold their feet to the fire sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So you posted a link in the show notes that, and by the way, if you didn't already know this, dear listener, this episode is sponsored by MaxSales.com. Once again, we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show, so it's kind yeah. of, in some respects, is that an ad? No. But they're sponsoring the show, which means it's not necessarily an ad. Yeah. You know, they're they're sponsoring Tech Fan, And I just bought this new iMac through them. So, yeah, that's kind of what they're paying for this month as far as sponsorship is me talking about my and look good or bad this time, because yeah. this didn't this drive did not come or this uh, heart, uh, computer did not come properly configured. It wasn't set up as a fusion drive when it clearly said it was a fusion drive on their website. So, you yeah, know,
1: but we can be fairly confident. Had you contacted them rather than try to fix it yourself, they would have said, fine, send it back to us or we'll send you something. out. they would have sorted you out in some yeah, way. Yeah. But or they would have taught you through it.
0: Yeah. And and, and, it. and if I didn't have my competence in, in tech, that's exactly what would have happened. I, I, yeah. I have no doubt about that, but, In some respects, David, I kind of, I thought about doing that at first. Then I thought, you know what? I'm going to figure this out myself because I think this will make the next tech fan more interesting. Yeah. So anyways, you posted this link as anybody who's kind of following the Apple universe recently knows consumer reports gave bad grades to the new MacBook pro.
1: They said they don't recommend them.
0: Yeah. Which is the first Uh, time they haven't recommended a MacBook pro in forever. As far as I can tell. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I found this interesting because um, I I read The Witch magazine, which is the uh, Consumer Association, who are the British equivalent of Consumer Reports. Um, and they've reviewed the new MacBook Pros and they recommended them. And, in fact, I, I, I was reading in the most recent issue uh, to uh, to my wife, Leanne, and I was saying, oh, look, um, best, best laptop." laptop Obviously, uh, these organizations, they tend to evaluate products not just on price and features but also you know they get information from their members about um warranty and longevity and support and, right. and and reliability and that sort of thing and pretty much in this report every single technical product, whether it be telephone tablet laptop desktop was all um rec- uh, you know best products apple um best reliability apple you know and, and it's kind of funny because it was like a, it was like a big apple ad in the end um So I was interested in this because Consumer Reports uh, historically has had a little – has controversially had some issues with Apple um, and has – they also have a history of kind of rushing to judge um, and then perhaps being criticised for that afterwards. And what happened here is they did some tests on the new MacBook Pros, the ones with or without the touch bar, and they had some very variable battery results. Uh, I mean, like – Hugely variable. Like one laptop went from one time they did a test, it lasted three hours. The other time it did, it lasted ten hours. I mean, these are weird battery results. And because they they had some sort of publishing deadline, they decided to say, well, the best thing we think to do is to give you the minimum battery tests and show you what because that's the you know that's the worst you can expect. And that's what we found, so we're going to stick by those results. And, of course, those battery, those battery, uh, the worst battery results they got were terrible. And on that basis, they said, we can't recommend the laptops. Um, I don't think that's right. I think it would be better and more useful to uh, try to get to the bottom of that issue rather than just say, well, the laptop's no good. But what is clear... Um, is that there's something weird going on with these laptops. And the reason I put this link in here is that this is a link from iMore. I have found that a lot of the uh, more pro-Apple bloggers and uh, people in the industry who report on this stuff online, they seem to be trying to kind of brush this over or give Apple a bit of a pass. You know, they, they, they major on faults in the testing process. I mean, in this article, it says... You know, the, uh, Renee Ritchie, who wrote this, said, "Well, I reviewed a, I reviewed one of these laptops, and I got great battery life." And and it's like, well, hang on a minute. So you can't criticise uh, Consumer Reports for taking one of their tests and saying, "Well, that's the truth," um, and, and then, by the same token, rebut that with your own anecdotal experience. Because that is no more scientific than what you say Consumer Reports did. Yeah. In and, fact, it would I, be less because he tested one. They tested multiple. Exactly. Exactly. Now, it's become clear over the last few weeks that there is something weird going on with the battery life of these laptops. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, because the, plenty of people have said, you know what, you get, you get 10 hours if you don't really use them very much, but if you actually do any work on them, the battery life drops to the floor. And on this latest version of Sierra... Um, the latest update Apple has has dropped the time estimate from the battery indicator which kind of really annoys me because I'm on an older MacBook Pro and I really kind of enjoyed that, that thing and it worked fine for me and now it's gone um, and Apple is not getting in front of this problem it's clear that there is some technical issue going on because this was never an issue on the older laptops it's not an issue on the MacBook Air it doesn't matter what you do on a MacBook Air within reason as long as you're not running a game or uh, rendering video or something like that, you get the battery life that Apple says yep. pretty much whatever you do with these new machines. That is not the case. Yep. It's clearly very dependent on what you're doing. So and, there's an issue know. here. Yeah. And so for the
0: Apple apologists out there and I've never been an a, well, that's not true. I may have been an Apple apologist early in my, my Mac days. But I haven't been in a very long time. I I like to think I hold Apple's feet to the fire the same way I would any other product. Sometimes it might come across as I attack Apple a little more often here. That's simply because I use all their products extensively. Yeah. Um, so what bothers me about this is Gruber's a good example. Yeah. In his long article, he goes on to point out the flaws in consumer reports with, at the same time, a little bit protecting himself. Like, well, there's obviously a problem with these battery issues, you know. But yeah. uh, this is consumer reports. And remember, they're the ones that jumped on the whole antenna gate thing. Uh, what does will that have to do with this report? And
1: uh, well, it, it, he, He's implying he's there that... If it if it means a good juicy headline and gets some loads of coverage, they're quite happy to trash Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Maybe, maybe a bit of that. Who who knows? Um, as I said, it's it comes across to me that they had a deadline. They'd done some testing. They got some results, and they wanted to get an article ri- written, so they wrote it and they took a judgment on those results. They were at least look at least they were fair about saying, look, this is what we did. These are all the results we found. Yep. Um, you know, that is good journalism, is to say you know, I I think where they perhaps have fallen down is they've drawn a conclusion on the basis of that, but uh, perhaps that conclusion is a little bit too strong. I don't know on the basis of the battery life, but as I said, there is clearly something going on here, and nobody consumer reports, and apparently Apple either, know exactly what's happening, and this is new. This is not something we've had in these products before.
0: And here's my thing. If it's clear that there's an issue here. I think that they are a hundred percent correct not to recommend it because there's an issue here. There's a problem. Yeah. Whether the problem is the mythology of how they're testing batteries, which I don't think is, I don't think that's the no, issue. They
1: use the same test they've used on the right. older. And here,
0: laptop. here's the other thing. Did, where was Gruber and Renee Ritchie when they're trashing a PC? Oh, they, they don't have any problem with that. Yeah. It's just when they attack their precious Apple brand. Oh, hold on a minute. It's consumer reports. And when they say stuff like, well, this, remember Antennagate?" Antennagate was an actual problem, guys. If you held your phone a certain way,
1: your reception was crap. Yeah. And with the next version of that phone, they they changed the antenna and it went away. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, it didn't happen for everybody.
0: Oh, so if it didn't happen for everybody, it's not an issue. That's what you're saying. So AIDS, for instance, it's not an issue because you don't know anybody who has AIDS, so it can't be that big of an issue. It bothers me when I when, when the apologists go to this extreme to attack, even in a passive-aggressive way, uh, a legitimate organization whose goal isn't to make headlines, is to inform the consumer. And instead of them looking at this report, and I don't care if you have an issue with the way they... Posted it on their website to make it clickbait because let's be honest. Well, it, uh, yeah, it, I it to, I wasn't disingenuous. Number one. And number two, that, that's, you kind of want attention for your articles. That's kind of why you publish, right?
1: And, and yeah, I'm just the same thing. The link I posted here for Imore is covered in horrible, horrible ads sliding in from the side and everything like that. That's just as egregious. I mean, that is the modern web. Um, everyone's trying to make money. Um, we don't like it we don't like any of it but it is unfortunately is the the world we live in so uh you know it's it's the same shake of a different tail when uh when you you talk about clickbaiting and then your link is 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 to a website that's uh, festooned with every single form of javascript ad going yes yeah and in fact it um, came
0: up with me and it says oh you're using an ad blocker that makes us sad shut up <laughs> then the um, don't don't load your your website up with so much crap that's going to follow me around the internet for the next eight hours. That's why I don't go to IMore anymore. I only went there because you posted this link and I wanted to see what Renee Ritchie said so I could talk intelligently about it. It's the only reason I don't go there any other at at all anymore because it's just a, it's a horrible designed website. It's terrible, terrible. And I'm not talking about their opinions. I I could care less about that.
1: But but yeah, it's it's well it's well known that um, people are getting variable results with the MacBook Pro. Yep. There's has lot been lots of reports on it. Plenty of the reviews have talked about it. Um, so there's an issue here, and you know this is a laptop that the the battery re- was reduced by twenty five percent from the previous model. So this is very important, and it's 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 important to understand what's going on because. Apple can't keep pursuing this kind of relentless thinning of their devices if it's going to compromise their performance.
0: And it clearly is. And there's clearly a problem here. And instead of Apple working on the problem with the MacBook, other than disabling people's ability to see how much battery life you have left, which you want to talk about disingenuous, um, yeah. instead of doing that, what are, what's their, well, we're going to work with consumer reports to find out their testing mythology. In other words, Apple's putting the onus on Consumer Reports that oh they they did something wrong,
1: really? Yeah, the issue here is that presumably Apple's internal battery testing methodology is the same they've always used for their laptops. Right, even though, or even even though the laptops have changed. Exactly, but you know the old laptops must get the same results. These new ones, they said the battery life was the same or thereabouts, and yet people aren't finding that in real life. And it would be so one thing, though, David, if, if, if this was just Consumer
0: Reports that was coming to this conclusion and seeing exactly. these problems, but it's not, and it's yeah. widespread, there's like 25, 30 pages of discussion on Apple's own message board, discussion yeah. board, about this issue. And Apple even acknowledged that there's a problem by sending out this update that disabled, you know, your ability to look up in the menu bar and see how much percentage of a battery you got left. So well, they see, know there's an issue.
1: The but the estimated time has, has right. disappeared. Right. Which was very useful. And it's been there for, uh, well, it was there on my power on the PowerBook I was testing the other days. So uh, it's been there for over 10 years and it's never been deemed to be so unreliable as to be removed. But now all of a sudden they have a laptop where people are queer in the battery life and they've decided, oh, you know what? That's not useful for anybody. We're going to take it away. Right. It looks a bit suspicious.
0: No, it's it's more than looking. <laughs> it is... It, uh, there there's some really deep-seated issues at Apple that is really starting to worry me. It really, really is. I'm really starting to question... Honestly, I and I hate to say this because I've never done it here before, I'm starting to question their integrity. Hmm. When you remove a key component of a menu bar that tells someone what percentage of their battery is left or or the time, time, time. because people are having problems, instead of addressing the actual problem, or, I don't know, maybe issuing a recall because these are faulty machines, you get rid of the ability for people to check that. That's that's disingenuous and i think that that's dishonest
1: yeah and they're saying it's unreliable and that's why they removed it. it's, it's fine it was unreliable fix it it's been there for 15 years so yeah. it's worked in the past so fix whatever's wrong with it
0: so this was an issue that's been there for 15 years has nothing to do with the, these new laptops that everyone's complaining about okay <laughs> I, I, I i buy that sure no problem
1: you, absolutely yeah of
0: course of course what other
1: reason could there be there
0: there could not be possibly another reason david We would be disingenuous to suggest otherwise.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I
0: don't, folks, I don't drink the Kool-Aid. If there's smoke, there's fire. I've been around the technology field way too long not to know when something's going on. And there's something going on here with these new Macs. Apple is going to do every single thing in their power from a PR perspective to minimize whatever the issue is. Deny, 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 deny.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, by the way... And they're going to attack it? anybody who says otherwise.
1: Anyone thinking it's the touch bar, it isn't. No. Uh, you know, we, Tim and I both have Apple Watches. They will run for well over a day. Yep. Um, well, it without... depends
0: on what I'm doing with mine. I, I've had days that it conks out after about... No, you know what? I, I Let me take that back. I've got it pretty low, but it's never conked out on me. Although one day when my Mac died... I was actually plugged into the hub on my Mac with my Apple watch to charge it. I forgot that to plug that back in. And I was on my second day in the morning, like, well, it's getting close to noon when it died on me. And I was like, what's going on with my Apple watch? It's just, I think it crashed.
1: And then I realized the battery was dead. And I was like, well, how the, oh yeah. I, I've I've used mine. Uh, it's half past five in the in the evening here, and mine is still on seventy nine percent. And I got up at eight thirty this morning. So uh, now, admittedly, it's not displaying all the time, but nevertheless, the power draw of the I mean, and bearing bear in mind the touch bar, is, touch bar is effectively an Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, you know the the power the, the power consumption of the touch bar is tiny. Yes. Yeah. There is something else going on, on inside these machines. It must be to do it. Could look could well be intel's fault you know it could be something to do with the logic board the way the processor's is working or the way the the power ramping down is meant is meant to happen it could be a software bug in os 10 it could be something it must i mean all these machines are only running sierra so it could be something in a bug in sierra um but whatever it is apple needs to get in front of it and then what they need to do is dispel the the possibility that it's a hardware problem with the design of the machines yep. and they are not doing that yep you know, they're doing and, everything and, they're doing just the opposite. Yeah.
0: You know, they're I'm, just I'm attacking it. anybody who questions it.
1: If 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 that is not the case, then what they need to do as well is do what they did with antenna gate and with other things they've they've had to do is is you know what? Don't just issue a press release. Don't just uh, drop a tweet, yep. you know, get a, get a whole load of tech reporters into a room and go through the thing in detail and say, this is what we've done and this is what we tested and everything. And we are convinced there is not a hardware problem with these machines.
0: Right. And so far, the response is to passively, aggressively attack consumer reports and issue issue a software update that disables the ability of users to see the time remaining. That's yeah. not a fix. That's an admission of there's an issue and we're trying to hide it. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, dear listeners, t- tell me I'm wrong. Explain to me yeah. why
1: I'm wrong on this. I don't think I am. I if, think- anyone's, yeah, if anyone's got one of these machines out there and they're getting the 10 hours of battery life that are promised every time they use it without any sort of problem, without doing anything special, then let us know because that's another data point. It, it, it is, the- but I, I mean, that's, that's what I expect.
0: And it won't surprise me that they're not having issues. Yeah. Because it's this is clearly not an issue for every single one of them. But I think yeah. it's an issue for enough of them at this point to possibly issue either a recall or a program to fix these machines for
1: free for the consumer immediately. Yeah. Because, you know, these are premium devices, premium price.
0: It, didn't, it doesn't matter if it's a $100 or, or a
1: $2,000 product. In my now, mind, it doesn't now, make a difference. Well, I, well to me, uh, Apple is a premium brand. They're, they're expe- we expect them, we hold them to a higher standard, we expect them to look after their customers well. And you don't look after your customers well by sitting on a problem and pretending it doesn't exist. Hey, you know, Samsung Galaxy Note 7, we call them out plenty for their slow response. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely yeah. did.
1: Now, fortunately, this is not the uh, you know the same in uh, life or property threatening issues they had. But nevertheless, it's a problem on something that's expensive, and we expect better from. If, the a se- if
0: senior better. management is calling out consumer reports, there's an issue there. There's something going on.
1: Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, all I want, look, I don't, I don't own one of these machines. I don't plan on buying one of these machines. This isn't about me personally or David. This is about us protecting the consumer and holding a company's feet to the fire when something fishy is going on. That's all this is. And to me, yeah. something is going on. It's The problem isn't with consumer reports. The problem is with Apple's product here. Do something about it, Apple. That's all we want to do. You're not going to get criticized if you come out and say, you know what, one in... 70 of these machines ha- is experiencing a problem. If you experience this problem with inconsistent battery life, bring it to the nearest Apple store. We'll check. We'll take a look at it. Yeah. In fact, you're going to get praise for doing that. Maybe not from Wall Street. I don't know. But I don't care about Wall Street. I care about the hardworking people in the world who plucked down a lot of money for
1: a $2,000 computer that's not working right and you're not emitting it. Yep, and let's face it, most people who buy that sort of laptop are not doing it to play games or browse the web. They're probably using it for work. So it's actually a tool for their livelihood. It's important these things work properly.
0: Yep. So with that, David, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of New Year's Eve Tech Fan. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we got kind of technical for a lot of it. hopefully all the issues that i've had with my uh, imac have disappeared david please remind me on the next episode uh should be right before the beginning of the new year uh, okay. how i got about getting my playlists put back together okay because i might forget because it's going to be a, like a week away <laughs> um so we'll see we'll see what happens okay my great pleasure to talk to you this week david
1: uh, same so for me I hope you have a, a very pleasant relaxing Christmas
0: I appreciate that and uh, for those listening as well I, I would imagine most of you are listening to this after Christmas so either yep. way Merry Christmas to you uh, we'll yep. see you in one week
1: see you then